I would almost assume that the popularity online would translate to the popularity in in the school. Are like the kids at school seeing? Oh yeah, I was getting bullied so hard. So what would what did the bullying look like? Dude, I would like be in gym class and like the jocks would just scream slurs at me. And like if I walked out, I could hear them talking about me. They're like, oh, where'd he go? Where'd the you know what go? And I was like, oh my gosh, dude, this is pretty brutal. It starts with just taking that leap. Man, you have to work hard. You have to be incredibly smart. Choose something that even if it fails, even if it fails you are going to be proud of. It doesn't matter how badly you got beaten down. Be kind, be kind, be kind. Become a better person, a better leader, a better business. Go for that. <laughs> I'm Samuel Donner, and this is Finding Founders. Despite exploding in popularity on YouNow and finishing up his first national tour, Nathan Triska realized that the creator lifestyle was not always as glamorous as it seemed. His online presence didn't do much for his high school reputation. In fact, it seemed to make things worse. Flash forward to the present, and Nathan has more than 950,000 followers on Instagram and over 10 million fans on TikTok. Nathan has carved out a niche for himself on the internet for nearly a decade, migrating from YouNow to Vine to Musical.ly. Still, though it might seem like Nathan was born for the influencer lifestyle, the 23-year-old was once far removed from the world of live streaming, likes, and the ever-changing algorithm. He once was praying for cell phone service in his farmhouse's laundry room, but still Nathan somehow knew that celebrity was in his reach. What are those like first creative instincts that you had? So my family always had a camera in their hand. They were always taking pictures or videos. And when I was really young, I remember seeing their pictures of weddings and stuff go viral. And I was like, whoa, that's so cool. Like going viral on the internet. Like that's my cousins. Like I want to do that. And then I kind of got into watching YouTube and I remember where I was. I was sitting in science class in seventh grade, right? And I'm 23 now, but I was in seventh grade and I was just like, dude, I want to make YouTube videos like all these people do that I watch because they touch so many people and they seem like they have so much fun doing it. I want to do that. I was like, okay, by the time I'm 25, I want to have a million followers on something. And so that's where that all started. What kind of creators were you watching when you were watching? So I was watching like the OG YouTubers, which would be like like Joey Graceffa and Joe Sugg and all of those people back in the day. It was, I want to say like 2014, back whenever everyone was doing like Tumblr posts and Instagram was kind of cringy and pumpkin spice and all this <laughs> stuff and the EOS lip bombs were popular. So that's kind of when I started. Uh, I also want to like talk a little bit about how were you like consuming it when you get, got home too? Like were you, I, I remember you like telling me something about like being in, there was like only one room in your house that <laughs> was getting, getting the internet. Yeah. So so our our Wi-Fi, I lived on a farm in the middle of nowhere down a dirt road. I was first on my bus in the morning when I went to school and last off, you know, sometimes I get home at like 530 and school ended at like three. Um, so that was really awful. But I didn't, I didn't have anything to do. So I, I would go into our laundry room, which was the only place I could get service. And I would watch people like live stream and make YouTube videos. And I was like, OK, well, this is the only place I can get service. So I'm going to try to do this as well. And I would go live in the laundry room. And if one day I didn't have service in the laundry room, I would go outside and set my phone up on like my bicycle and like uh, go live or post videos out there. And I mean, I really wanted it. I wanted it so bad that I did anything it took. I remember actually one thing I never really talked about was I would go to Walmart 
and buy um, Apple iTunes cards because you could spend money to give yourself likes, which would boost you up on like the apps and stuff. So I would boost myself up to try and get higher up and get into like first place and stuff like yeah, that. So what was this app that you were going live on? It's called YouNow. So essentially, like if you were live first place and in any category, anytime someone would get off, all their viewers would go to you. Wow. So it was a crazy good algorithm. And I mean, live streaming helped build fans like crazy because now you can get followers. What were you doing live stream? Like what, like what, what possibly could you be doing that's interesting in this laundry room? <laughs> Dude, I mean, I just took what I had and ran with it. I just tried to be this entertaining kid. I mean, I was like 14 and 15, so I had so much energy. And they'd be like, crawl in the laundry machine. And I was like, okay, let's do <laughs> it. do it. Dude, yeah, and people were loving it. And then one day I was in a group chat with some other people that did it as well. And at the time they were all um, quite a bit bigger than me. And they're like, hey, well, you're doing really well. Why don't you apply for the partner program so you can get paid? And I was like, I don't know. I don't think I can do that. Why, why, why didn't you think you could? I just didn't have faith in myself. I was like, I don't really see myself as popular, but I didn't know. And so they're like, no, we'll help you. We'll help you because you could share people's broadcasts and it would send notification to all their followers. So I contacted you now. They're like, okay, we're going to do your partner live stream. And so you had to set time and you had to hold a certain amount of viewers concurrently for like 30 minutes or something like that. Yours was that? So you had to have a minimum of 500 the whole time. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot for a live stream, especially someone that isn't really that popular yet. And then sure enough, one day I, I went to school and I got a notification that said, you've been accepted. And then the next, what did that feel like? Because that seems like you're, and like now you're really on the road to having like the, like fulfilling this dream of being like a full time creator. And yeah, uh, yeah. So I remember seeing that and being like, I just got my first job. So I've never had like a quote unquote what people call a, a real, real job. job I've yeah. always done social media because I started so young. And I remember that night I went live and I made I want to say like forty five dollars. And I was like, How yeah, long are you live for? Uh, probably like thirty minutes. Dude, that, that's fucking, that's a high paying job right there. Yeah, I was Yo. like, I remember running downstairs because my dad had Wi-Fi and my mom didn't. You know, my parents were uh, separated at the time. Uh, and so my mom was on the farm and my dad was in this house and I went live. I was like, dad, I have to go to your house to use your Wi-Fi and go live. I can make money. And I did. And I was like, well, and I remember my mom, I would tell what her. What were your parents thinking? So they, at first they were like, what is, what is he doing? Like, why does he do that? And I was like, no, this can be a full-time job. Like, I was like, you guys don't understand. Like, this can be my career. And they're like, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, and they don't say whatever anymore. So you you just like, I guess, like to, to back up for a second. So you're on YouNow, which is like this live streaming app that I think it came out in like 2011 or something, but it was really gaining popularity around like 2013, 2014. Yes, when you exactly. On, right? um, and so you're you're getting like 14 concur- 1400 concurrent uh, viewers. You're making money. So what is the decision to actually like? all right, now I want to go to playlists. Like why, why, why go? So I was actually live and my manager now friend Brian was watching me and he saw my potential and he reached out and was like, Hey, do you want to do this event? It's called Playlist Live. And I was like, yes, like, yes, I want to go. He, he randomly reached out. Well, he, he knew what he was doing. He's been in the industry for a while and he saw my potential and I'm thank goodness he did. And he was like, okay, well, we'll get you out here. Cause I didn't know, I didn't have enough like money saved up really to go. Like we didn't really have all that, you know, we had a little bit, but he was like, okay, well I'll get you a room. I'll get you a flight. We're going to get out here. And like that I really hooked it up. Yeah, yeah. So that paved the way. How many followers did you have at this I point? I must've had like 30 or 40,000. Okay. And that's just on you now. Yeah. 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 And then on Instagram, I had probably like 20,000. So all across platforms, probably like 60,000 wow. followers. And you were like, okay, like let's take the leap and see. Yeah. And it was great. And I met so many friends there that are now very popular people. Yeah. And that's where we all started. We all met and we all 
grew together. Some names you may know, I don't know, Bryce Hall, Mark Thomas, Jacob yeah. Sartorius. And that's kind of where we all came from was Playlist. And we all kind of helped each other out. And that was really cool seeing like how far we've all come. And then after that, we did our first like small little tour. When you say a sh- like a show, like what what does that actually mean? So we would, we would do like little tour stops. So kind of like mini playlist lives. We would go different places and take pictures with fans and meet them and do like a little show on stage. So my friends would sing and we just kind of put on a little show and it was yeah. it was really cool. And then of all people, Beyonce's dad was there and he stepped on stage and he said, you know, if your kids are doing something that you have to make them do, that's a hobby. But if you can't get them to stop, it's their passion and it's a career. And my mom finally understood why I was always on my phone all the time because it's my career. Like, I love it. I still love it. It's everything I know, you know? And I mean, it was crazy because I go and do all this stuff and then I come back to school and try to tell my friends about it, but no one can relate. Was that isolating? Like, because there, there's this point where you're kind of caught in between like this new world of, of being like an influencer and then the old world of being like this small town. Uh, what were those like conversations like when you would come back? It was, it was really strange because I mean, I felt like I was on like a yo-yo all the time, you know, just living two separate lives. Like I was Hannah Montana. And they didn't quite understand, but they kind of did because social media and Vine were really popular at the time. Mm. I actually did start posting Vine at the same time and I got to like 30,000 followers on that as well. And that's kind of where I started teaching myself like algorithms and stuff when I was really young. What was the secret that you were you felt like you were learning? So I was paying attention to what all the Viners were doing and all the Unowers were doing. And I was kind of replicating it and seeing if it worked for me and it did. So what was the growth that you were seeing on Vine? So for Vine, it was like we would have these group chats and we'd be like, okay, we're going to do five revines for five revines. And it would be five different people doing it. We'd be like, all right, get my top two likes. And then I would probably grow like a couple hundred followers a day. Yeah. And then um, Vine slowly started coming to a halt. Was that but when Vine was looking like it was like done? Musically was, that, was coming. Yeah. But was that at all scary for you? Or, or was it like, all right, got to jump ship? And I wasn't too worried about Vine. I was just kind of doing it because it was there and then Musical.ly came and Unow was already there because Unow was like where my heart was basically. And then Musical.ly came along and I saw all my Unow friends doing Musical.ly and I was like, I'm going to try this. And they started doing this thing called featuring me every other day. And I don't even know why they did it or who was doing it. But every other day they'd push my videos to everyone on the app. And then I got verified on there. And as soon as you get verified, everyone that makes an account for like three days automatically follows you. So my growth was insane for a few days. I remember going to school and be like, I gained 100,000 followers today. 100,000 in a yeah, day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are like the kids at school seeing? Oh yeah, I was getting bullied so hard. Wait, okay, so so something that feels weird to me is like we talk about like popularity online, right? right? Like you're like you're becoming popular at all, all at the same time. But like I would almost assume that the popularity online would translate to the popularity in in the school. Shoot, if you would like retweet them and stuff, yeah, and help them get followers. Otherwise it was like you bully for being different and being weird but now it's so normalized everyone wants it so so what would what did the bullying look like dude i would like be in gym class and like the jocks would just scream slurs at me and like if i walked out i could hear them talking about me they're like oh where'd he go where'd the you know what go and i was like oh my gosh dude this is pretty brutal but then now you know they're like hey do you remember me do you remember oh my gosh yeah you made my made my high school years a little bad for me so but other than that, I mean, I never, I never stopped because I enjoyed it so much and they didn't matter to me. Like my platform and my family and my friends is what mattered to me. Now you're, you're getting like a couple hundred thousand followers a day. Yeah. What is the money looking like at this point? I think my biggest like you now stream ever, which was crazy. I made like $2,400 in an hour on one stream. Yeah. I was like, whoa, that is insane. And how old are you at this point? 15. What do you, what do you do with all that money? I just saved it all. Yeah. I just put it away. because I was like, well, I don't need it really. 
I mean, and slowly after that happened, like I went to VidCon and again, Brian popped in and was like, hey, we're going to go somewhere today. And you're like, where? Yeah. I was like, I was like, okay. So we got in this black car and drove for about 30 minutes and we pulled up to this place in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, where the heck are we? And I saw this logo on the side of a building and it said Digitour, which was the tour so at what, the time. What is Digitour? What does Digitour that mean? Digitour was um, a social media tour where they took like me and other popular people at the time, very popular people and put us all together and sent us on like a 20 city, 30 day tour. 20 cities. Yeah, it was crazy. And we, we did so all of them. like a little bit of touring before, but this is like, this is like big a big deal. leagues. Yeah. Big deal. And when I saw, oh, I just got chills. When I saw the Digitour <laughs> office, I was like, no way because i knew my life was about to change right there what did you th- like what did you imagine would I was be happening like, i was like i don't know what's about to happen i just knew my life was about to pivot and never be the same and we walked in and we met with them and they're like you're gonna be on digitour winner 2016 and how with all these like people that did the same thing i did but they were all like quite a bit larger than me follower wise at the time and so how many followers do you have at this point I probably had like, uh, like 800,000 on like Musical.ly and like 600,000 on you now, but they had like five, six, seven, eight million. You know what I mean? And I was like, whoa, like this is crazy. I can't believe it's about to happen. And then I got on that tour and my numbers just shot like crazy. And I wasn't even doing it for that. I was just super grateful to be there and I was having a good time. And like, I love all of them still, you know, we're all still friends. I've seen a couple of them at this event so far. And I remember I hit a million on that tour a million yeah my first million followers i hit it on musically on that tour i was in arizona when it happened laying in bed what did that feel like uh i was just like whoa i I did it like i hit my you know that's a monumental moment the first time you hit a million on something when we have our so like like we have like a little bit of a following online right but when i see people like like people come up to me and be like hey i see your I, i see your stuff it has like this different feeling where it's like these people are like real people. Yeah. That, sometimes you forget the numbers are real people. Yeah. And it's, it's weird because you'll come to these events and be like, oh my gosh, like, you know me, like, this is so surreal. Like, hello, like, thank you for supporting me and showing me love. Cause like, you'll see a, like a hundred thousand likes and you can't even imagine how many people that actually is. It's, it's, it's insane, insane amount of people. Amount of people. Insane amount yeah. Of people, and they're like here at this event, there's only like 10,000 and it seems like so much, but then you'll see, you know, like, 300 likes on a post you're like oh it's doing good not super crazy but 300 likes that's quite a lot but then but then 300 people if they were in front of you right now you'd be losing your mind you know so i feel like it's easy to become disenchanted with the numbers and the people you know because this become like kind of normalized as you're going to like through this digitour like you know meeting all these people exploding your growth is there is there a point where it feels like overwhelming yeah yeah i remember like when i got home i was like oh like a little bit of normalcy. You know, I didn't have time to do anything except tour and make videos and sleep. And sometimes we wouldn't even get a lot of sleep. Like every morning I wake up and I'd be like, Brian, I need a coffee ASAP. I, I didn't get any sleep. I need five shots of espresso added. So some of my drinks would have like seven shots of espresso oh God. just to the keep function. me awake. Yeah. So I could do these meet and greets and stuff. And, and also it's like when you're meeting all of these fans, I think they're expecting this energetic version that you're portraying mm-hmm. online too. I did my best to uphold that, but I mean, it's not always possible because I it's mean, so hard. we were like sleeping on a bus and would sometimes get a hotel room. But I mean, we did it obviously for them. You know, we wanted to meet everybody and have a good time doing it. And it was like such a good experience all the way around. And I did the, a digital tour next year as well. 
Yeah. And I mean, it was so worth it every single time and I never trade it. That's like probably my favorite thing. And I have all these videos I always show people because my thing at every show, I would get up on stage and I'd be like, all right, everyone, shh, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. I need you guys to turn your phone lights on. And as soon as I turn my phone around on you guys, scream as loud as you can. So I'd be like, all right, every everyone, I went to Seattle, but no one came to my meet and greet except for all these people. <laughs> and it was like, ah. And it was crazy. Wow. Yeah. And those are my favorite videos. I still have them on my phone too. It, it, it's like you're, you you reach this this level of of like fame. It's like pretty quickly. Like like what? This all happens within like a, a year couple or two. years. Yeah. Can you tell me actually about how how it sh- like like the moment that it was going to go from Musically to TikTok? Because you were what? Where were you in terms of the Musically ecosystem? You were like a top creator. Right? I was a top creator. So actually, the founder of Musically brought me and a couple other of the top creators out to a dinner and was like, "Hey guys, it was in West Hollywood." How many like, people were there? Probably like twelve people. Twelve people. Yeah. You're so twelve top creators. The, the twelve top yeah. creators. Yeah. <laughs> I'm imagining it's like a, like I'm imagining we're sitting at a round table right now. I'm imagining it's like the Knights of Musically. Like literally, <laughs> no. And then the creator of Musically is like Nathan. So how are you? How are you? I'm like, oh my gosh, you know me. This is so cool. Like, That's insane. I appreciate Yo. that. This is amazing. I never thought we'd get like something like this. It's just all so surreal to me still. I mean, you know, I still can't believe a lot of it, but I never saw myself as popular. I don't, I don't really see it like that. It's just what I do, you know, but we sat down and he's like, all right, guys, so we're not going to be musically anymore. And we're all like, huh? What do you mean? We're not going to be musically anymore. What's happening? He's Dude, and that's a scary moment too, because like, yeah, because we're like, this is everything your, for us. Yeah, this is your whole like. I mean, this is a massive. It's a career. career. It is. Yeah. It is a career. It is full time. I mean, and how like how many followers do you have musically at this point? Probably like three million. That that's a shit. That that's a yeah. lot of momentum that you've built up. Like, yeah, and we're all like, what's happening now? No. Are we going to lose it? But musically was slowly starting to dec- decline. So we're like, hopefully this is going to help. It was declining. It was. It really was declining. You know, because there was a lot of things just not quite right about it not keeping up no like way of really earning income and things like that so people were having to shift to other things like okay guys we have this partner company in china called tiktok it's basically musically over there but it's way bigger so they had like 500 million active monthly users and tiktok or musically at the time had like 50 million so we're like okay good like what is this going to mean for us and then a couple weeks later we went to this big throw-off party where they did the merge and they're like you want to get up on stage and push the button to do it? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I have that on like one of my old iPhones, a video of me getting yeah. up there and me and my buddies jumped up and we're like, boom, yeah. we hit this big red button and then party. Yeah. Musical.ly is no more. It's now TikTok. And we're like, okay, well, what does this mean now? And we kind of had to learn a whole new way of creating content, but it was awesome. And Musical.ly was great. It was an amazing time in my life, but then TikTok really changed it forever because it took me from 3 million to 10 million fast. What do you say Very. fast? What do you mean? So it took me like a couple years to hit a million, a couple more years to hit 3 million. And then that was what, like two years ago. And now I'm at 10 million, you know, and I've gained a million and a half in a day before. So it's like, Yo. yeah, the, I mean, the, the potential is just so much bigger. And now it's like a billion monthly users, which is insane. That's like most of the population of the world. Now, TikTok is like this different animal. So how are you uh, as an algorithm expert, you know, like how are you actually uh, seeing how your content has to shift now? So actually, like, I'm very deep in algorithms right now. So like, I will go to a coffee shop and like get my coffee and sit and study everything that's on my 40 page, everything my friends are doing that's doing good, doing bad across every platform, not even just TikTok. And I'll make it work. And I'll be like, okay, this is what's doing now. And I do this thing where I call, I find underlying trends. 
So I've like seen like one or two people do something that's doing really well, but no one's caught on yet. And a lot of times they don't even become like a big TikTok trend. So, and you'll just be like, this video has like 7 million likes and you, you can do a trend out of it. So that's what I do. And that's why my videos go so much bigger and they resonate on every platform, not just TikTok. So I can put it on YouTube, million views. I can put it on Instagram, million views, you know, and then it also goes on Facebook automatically. So another million views there. And all the Facebook moms like love me. So I'm like, that's <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. So it's hard to keep up because it is ever changing, but a uh, they do help me with that as well. Um, but you have like this team that's helping you find those. Yeah. Trends. So my, my TikTok, they call themselves a growth strategist and they'll meet with me and we'll do zoom calls and they'll tell me what's working and what's not. And, um, they'll read my analytics to me and be like, wait, this is why this did good. This is why this didn't. And that is really helpful as well. What, what do you think like the hardest thing is for you right now? in like this next phase of like being a creator. I'm older now. So definitely balancing my life and building roots, you know, the normal people stuff, and then still being able to manage social media and travel and meet people and post and live in this world that people don't know exists unless you're in it. It's just difficult balancing a social media life and real life. That's what I'm working on right now. So, you know, like family and friends and relationships and moving here and moving there and where do I want to end up? You know, cause you got to put a lot of time into that once you get older. Where do you think you do want to end up? <sighs> Honestly, I kind of want to end up by like the water one day, not necessarily Florida, but I like Florida. Just, just somewhere pretty, relaxing, stuff to do. You know, have a good family, chill out. Um, so, I mean, obviously, you've had like a ton of success with what you've been doing. Um, you're trying to focus on balance a little bit more now. What advice do you think you would give to the creators that are coming up now? Uh, I would say be genuine. You know, do follow trends because it helps, but you need to also post your personality because you can have followers all day. It doesn't mean you have fans and you need fans to be successful in the industry, you know, so you want to be able to do that, but also take time for the people in your life that are important because it's always going to be there. Social media will always be there. It's not going anywhere, especially if you're new, you know, you have all the room to grow. And right now it's all very rewarding to post and grow the way the stuff works. You know, it was very hard when I was coming up, but now, I mean, you can post something and go viral overnight. So don't be shy to try new things. The algorithm rewards you trying new things. You know, if you do something and it doesn't work out, that's fine. It's not going to hinder your performance with anything. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, rate the podcast five stars, and share with a friend. If you have any questions or comments, DM us at Finding Founders Podcast on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook. Finding Founders is produced and hosted by me, Samuel Donner. Our chief of staff and operations is Jessica Lynn. Our audio editing team lead is Adrian Tapia. Support from Irene Van Burkle, Matt Fernandez, Renee B. Cannon, Sophia Donner, David Saidi, Ashley Jimenez, Nicholas Guzman, Aaron Devereaux, Sanessa Gisley, and Lois Choi. Our outreach and research lead is Kenny Ong. With support from Sarah Hobson, Cherise Tan, Harushi Kanauchi, Kristen Hagelin, Aya Cortez, and Valencia Lu. Our writing team lead is Elizabeth Bowen with support from Aiden Ashworth, Nikki Mukawa, Sylvie Wong, and Eric Mena. Our design team lead is Shruti Ramanand with support from Tiffany Dang, Yao Lil, and Dina Gabriel. To see more of what we're up to, subscribe to our newsletter at findingfounders.co. Thanks again for listening and see you next week.